What's going on, you guys? Welcome to Soul Care, where we are seeking a life of wholeness, and we know that wholeness starts in the mind. So I'm really excited for today's episode. Today's episode, we are going to talk about how to fight off temptation, and I'm going to run through a few ways I fight off temptation. So to begin, when we first hear temptation, or at least when I first heard temptation, I would often think of temptation in a sexual connotation, temptation to cheat, temptation to go after lust, temptations that people put out there, teases, things of that nature. And as I grew up in the church, that's the way that I always knew the word temptation, temptation, temptation. But as I studied, I realized there are so many different types of ways that we are tempted throughout the day. Tempted to eat, tempted to sleep, tempted to give up, tempted to doubt ourselves, God, our futures, tempted to fear. And as I grow in this walk of life and with God, I realized this is lit. Literally, the very first temptation that came to us was the temptation to doubt. So let's unpack that right now. I'm going to open with a word of prayer. Feel calm, feel loose, shake off anything that you may have brought into this space so we can leave here better, healed, different, having a clear perspective on our next move. Heavenly Father, I just welcome you here with us, O Lord. I pray that whoever is on the other side of this screen receives fresh revelation. I pray that your word over us, that is good, becomes our reality. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. So today we're talking about temptation. Temptation. And specifically honing in on the temptation to doubt God. So I'm actually going to start with a reading of the Word of God, and it's in Genesis 3, called The Temptation and Fall of Man. And we're going to be reading Genesis 3, 1 to 7. And I just want to put a disclaimer out there for those who may not believe in God, who may believe something other than God, and think, you know, is this part relevant to me? But my relationship with the word of God has grown so much and something I hope that listeners can take from soul care is the practical ways that I've used the word of God to heal to grow to become better when I grew up and I knew the Bible as the Bible it always seemed so far away from me the words the stories the people like this can happen to them this is a, a beautiful story but It didn't become real to me until I really didn't just treat it like a book, but as something that could happen in my life too. And as I read the stories, it becomes realer and realer. So you are welcome here. If you have a different belief, you are welcome here. If you do not believe in God, I hope that as you watch me, that as you see others, that as you hear the words, something quickens in you that you might just believe. So let's read the temptation and fall of men. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. And a little background here is this is the very third chapter of the Bible. And God has just made 
Adam. He's named all the animals. And now Adam done got a woman and Eve is present here. So Adam and Eve in the garden, set the scene, close your eyes, feel it. Beautiful trees, beautiful fruit. One bad fruit. We're about to hear about it. Okay, let's go. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, he being the serpent, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. The eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Amen. So we're going to stop right at verse 7. And there is so much for me to unpack here that I, I got to reel myself in in this moment. So we just focus on what today's topic is, fighting off temptation. And the first point that we're going to talk about today, before we read in verse 2, Verse one, chapter one, chapter two, the Lord has told Adam, do not eat of this specific fruit. And this is the very first interaction that man has with the serpent who we're going to call the enemy. This is his introduction to people. This is his introduction. His first opening line is, has God indeed said, did God really say X, Y, and Z. His initial opening line, make sure you know that, is questioning the word of God. And if you don't yet believe, the initial word the enemy is going to put onto you is, are you really this? Are you really able to do this? Is this really possible? He's coming in with a question to not just make you question something random, but something very specific that is going to have a domino effect in your life. And my very first point today that I am practicing right now in my life is do not engage with the enemy. And if you do not know the enemy yet as the devil, you may know the enemy as a negative thought. And today when we're talking about negative thoughts, just think of it as a thought that is not helpful to your growth, your evolution, your understanding, your becoming negative and when the enemy comes in in this part he's literally making eve question what she already knows and when i say don't engage with the enemy it's not that a thought may not come but it was not until she actually had a dialogue back and forth 
with the enemy that she actually changed her thought, her train of action, because she said, well, you know, you, you, you actually make some good points there. Maybe this thing is actually good for me, but for some reason, God, the one who made me, the one who loves me, he did not, the serpent did not make her. But for some reason, now she's switching to think the one who made her may not have her best interest at heart, which is number one enemy tactic. Question, question, question what God has said about you because everything he has said is good. And by verse 7, when they talk about the eyes of both of them being open, her eyes were obviously open because she ate the fruit. So it's not those type of eyes, but it's a deeper spiritual kind of eyes that were opened And what was considered good, their nakedness, their free selves being in the garden, now switch from being something good to something bad. And it happens in a matter of moments. So the first one is do not engage with the enemy. And this can look like your day is not going so good. And you're hearing thoughts like, you don't even deserve to be happy. You're starting to feel unworthy of your blessings, of your friends, of your family, of your mate, of anything that's happening in your life. You're just starting to feel like a spiral. Maybe things aren't going to go how I want them to go. Maybe I'm being foolish by believing in this dream and you start to feed these thoughts. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm not going to get the job and you start to spiral into these thoughts. It's called we're engaging with something in our minds. And one of my tactics now is to literally ignore the enemy. The enemy can be self. How many people know (laughs) that the enemy can literally be you? Something that we don't often talk about is our own self-sabotage in the mind. There's always haters are doing this. People hating on me here. People doing this. They trying to stop me. They trying to do... X, Y, and Z, but how about when that enemy is living right inside of your mind and you just have to choose to not engage with it? Don't engage with the devil on the shoulder. Do not engage because what it can do is simply make you spiral by entertaining those thoughts. So for me, not engaging with the enemy looks like me having negative thoughts and saying a combat word of yes, I really do believe God is gonna come through for me. Yes, I really am standing on my faith in this hour. Yes, I really am gonna get that job. Yes, I really am gonna book that client. Yes, it really is gonna happen. And sometimes you're speaking things that you have not yet seen, but I think that's the whole power of the mind is to be able to create from nothing. And if we believe, if you believe that you are truly created, that you are not random, which is going to be in one of our points, it helps you believe, well, there is a certain creation power in me. If I was made in the image of God and my God is a creator and he made all it is, you look in the mirror and you see all of your unique qualities, then yes, there is something in you that is that of a creator, which means you can make something out of nothing. My second point is to wake up and to worship good, focus on good, and to get to know who you really are. And I think a little part of me used to 
wonder if the thought that I was special was truly true. And for me, it started at a very young age that the who I know now as the enemy would just plant negative thoughts about my own self to me. And growing up, I did not understand why I felt these small, tiny thoughts coming in, entering in, but I realized that a lot of it had to do with my self-perception. And when I began to study the Word of God, one thing that really helped me was just to believe that I had a maker and that because someone made me, he made me for a purpose. And believing that I have purpose changed the way that I speak, that I move, and that I wake up in the day. When you feel random, when you wake up, you may think, what is this all even really for? Why are we all going to work? Why are some people pursuing their dreams and feeling so happy? Why am I feeling miserable? Why am I feeling bogged down? Why am I feeling scared? Why am I feeling oppression? From the moment I get up, should this life even be like this? Is it worth living? These are some of the thoughts that I would have and I would wake up with such heaviness. And I'm like, Lord, help me. And until I actually realized that the concept of God isn't just for church, isn't just for group settings, but it's really to wake up and worship good, wake up and say it's going to be a good day, wake up and say my mind is going to be serving me today, it's going to be well today, things are going to happen in my favor today, actually using that power to dispel the heaviness, the darkness that you may feel, my life began to change. And for me, the worship that I'm specifically talking about is is really your own words and then the words you listen to from others. And then I love music and that's a way of healing for me. The prophetic gift of song, the prophetic gift of speaking into the atmosphere and things literally being dispelled that were there before. And you just say, I'm, I'm actually starting to feel a lot better because I've used my voice, I've used my power to change things. So wake up and speak good things. You are not foolish, you are not naive. If you wake up and you know you haven't been feeling well, but you say, I am healed. If you wake up and you know that one of your relationships is still on your mind and it's, it's a struggle for you, you wake up and say, maybe today will be the day I have a revelation on who I am in this relationship. Maybe today will be the day that I have a revelation on what this person means to me, on what this relationship is going to be, on how things are gonna get so much better so that's the second thing wake up and worship how we start our days are so important and especially the words that we are speaking do not entertain and engage with the negativity i always look at the enemy kind of like a bully and if a bully is throwing things at you talking about you ha ha you're not gonna have a good day ha ha you suck ha ha you're ugly ha ha the ha 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 all that, all of the negativity, and he's throwing it to you, you're not moving. He's throwing it to you, you're not phased. That bully is either going to say, well, dang, I'm starting to feel bad by myself, and he's going to run off, or, or he's just going to stop and realize that's not an easy target. So do not be an easy target. Do not be an easy target. Coming from me, who was a very easy target, one negative thought. I have to go, guys, and I'm feeling like crying. I have to go, guys, and a tear is already coming down my eye. When I say easy target, I was one. 
because I didn't know my power, because I didn't know who I was. Easy target, something would happen in my life and I would run away from it because I'm so afraid that what if I make the wrong choice? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I made the wrong choice of even engaging with this person? Now I don't know what to do and I'm left feeling inadequate. But no, if there's a bully coming at you saying things, you're not gonna succeed. It's not gonna happen. You're always gonna be this. You're Guess what? I'm unfazed because if I'm talking back, I'm going to talk back something good about myself. When a bully is engaging and gets no reaction, well, damn, they just, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone. And in fact, if you actually gain the chutzpah (laughs) to talk back, they're going to start feeling bullied themselves and realize, baby, you don't mess with this. Don't touch this. Don't, don't touch this mind of mine. Don't come against me. And I feel like once I started to walk in my power, it, it, it's almost like the negativity knows, hey, pass the, uh, uh, you, you can't sit with us. How, how about we start saying that to negativity? You can't sit with me. How about we start saying that to fear? You can't sit with, oh, oh, you thought you could sit next to me? Fear, um, foolishness. Um, negative people. No, no, no. This seat is taken. <laughs> it's taken by peace. It's taken by love. It's taken by joy. Er, you can't sit with me. When the negativity comes, er, you can't sit with me. When the when the bad thoughts come, the low self-esteem, the inadequacy, er, you can't sit with me. And I start saying things like that. You have no space here. And that is to every negative thought. And I pray that as you watch this, something falls off of you, that you understand unless you give space to it, it cannot sit with you because you got power. You have power. The third point, okay, we can, I'm getting amped up here, y'all. The third point is to redirect our thoughts as fast as possible. And it definitely goes with everything that we've just been talking about. And for me, this thought is not avoidance. So if something is not dealt with in your life, that is a different story. If you keep thinking about a negative relationship, let's say, for example, you're fighting with your dad or you just have a negative relationship with your dad. You never really felt seen or heard by him. And often you hear these voices in your mind that kind of echo that feeling of whether it's abandonment, rejection, hurt, pain, um, something that you have oppressed and repressed in yourself that does not feel heard. Redirecting our thoughts as fast as possible doesn't look like ignoring the thought. But so if something is not dealt with, that's your time to release it. Because something that has helped me fight off doubt and fight off fear, the temptation of these things, is to deal with things as they come. Instead of saving things, tears even, for what seems like a better time, now is the time to heal and now is the time to figure it out. But after you pray, after you release things, after you at least get it off of your chest, whether it's to a friend, a therapist, a pastor, a preacher, a family member, whatever it may be, then you know, hey, I've talked about this thing. So if some negative thought is coming up right now, it's not about me thinking it's not dealt with, but it's about me trusting God. I've released this thing onto you. It's no longer mine to carry. Because if you know you've prayed and released that old energy, then don't fall for the illusion. Don't fall for the temptation 
of whatever it is still plaguing you. You just face forward and proceed. And I would give you guys one of the examples of my life right now and one of my relationships with someone who I absolutely love and care about. I could have handled things a lot better and the relationship right now is in a rocky place and I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know I always think about this person. I always wonder, are things going to get better? Is this really going to be something that is a success story? Is this really going to turn out good? And I constantly will be thinking about it and I realize that if I'm truly trusting God with it, then I also deserve freedom from this thing plaguing my mind. So if thoughts come in my mind of just the past and things that could have been done differently, I found myself toiling and toiling. And the other day I just heard God say, focus on now. You've healed. You've let it go. So let it go. Because sometimes we say we've let something go and our mind is still like, oh, well, I want to think about it just a little bit longer. No, no, no. When I let something go, we have to let it go. So when I heard God say, focus on now, I just stopped and said, you're free. You're free from it. The past version of you has forgiven you. The version of you that you are now is desiring to be present, but you can't be present when your thoughts are still thinking, oh, what if I did this differently? And what if I did this differently? And this is something that we talk about a lot here. Claim your power of now. There is a difference between me sitting in a moment and saying I need to heal from something, I need to release something, versus me saying I, I did release that to God. So I'm not going to fall for the temptation of toiling about something that I've already said, I'm sorry for. I've already said, God, take this off of me. I've already said, I'm going to believe for better. And it may not happen in my time frame, but if we believe and we can say that better is coming, you have to free yourself in the moment. So that is our last point that we are talking about today, to redirect our thoughts as fast as possible. And this is after the release, redirect after the release. But if you're yet to release, that's something that you have to do before you can redirect. Or the redirecting is kind of like the ignoring, which we don't want to do, which actually stops us and blocks us from true healing. When we ignore things, they do not go away. They just save themselves for, for the time that we're actually going to be free and available. So if you have to take off work to spend a day with yourself, to spend a day in prayer, to spend a day in, in fasting and, and stopping your mind from doing too much and you're actually able to have time to think about your mind, your past, then that is necessary. Right now, I'm taking the time to just focus on mindfulness and being in the present moment. Don't let your past take away the fact that you're forgiven. Don't let your past take away the fact that you are whole now. And I read this post and it was so funny. It said a part of healing is actually a stage called disgust. And disgust, okay, literally. And I'm like, no, for real. 
because you have discussed about decisions you've made, about people you've been around, about choices that you thought of, about things you have done, about things you've seen others do. Just the whole trajectory of our minds literally needs to be released. And in this moment, I pray that we can do that so we don't fall for the temptation of toiling in our minds. We don't fall for the temptation of engaging with foolish thoughts, with thoughts that are below us. But we rise up and we wake up. And waking up, this revelation is coming right now. Waking up is not even just in the morning when we rise up, but wake up out of your slumber right now. You can be awake and still sleep, still sleep to the fact that you are free, still sleep to the fact that you are amazing, still free, sleep to the fact that you are truly free and you're able to do what you want to do. You're able to cut whoever off that needs to be cut off. You're able to wait on God and say, I prayed about this. Why would I fall for the temptation of doubting God when he told me to wait on him? When he told me it may not be in my timing, but it's going to happen. And you are going to be able to testify. So right now we're just going to get into a time of prayer that we will be able to fight off temptation. And in this reading, if you go back and read Genesis 3, you can read the whole chapter of just that trajectory of the conversation and what happens afterwards. What we're really taking out of it is that even if you do engage, still stand on your belief. Don't fall for the temptation. So even if you are battling with doubt, even if you are battling with fear, even if you are having this wrestle with self of the old thoughts, the old you, the old ways, just stick to your guns and say, I believe. I'm going to trust God and not go there because he said don't. I'm going to trust God and not do this. Or if you don't yet believe in God, I'm going to trust the highest version of myself and not gossip. I'm going to trust the highest version of myself and quit that addiction. I'm going to trust. This this story is all about trust. Who who are you going to trust? That's what it's really saying. And I just hear God saying, just trust me. Trust that you're able. Trust that you're, you are a new creation. The word of God says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That can be in this new minute of the day, you just decide, actually, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to not fall for the temptation to doubt, the temptation to fear, the temptation to toil. No, that ends right now. It can end right now because we have power to do things like that, okay? So we're about to pray right now, and I just hope that you will discover a new part of yourself in this season to be free we got to be free in this time not free like we just say it but free like you know that you know your past does not hold you your now doesn't even define you but with you being a co-creator with God absolutely anything is possible So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. And we just speak, we are free. We are free. We are free to believe the best things about ourselves. We are free to walk free in the midst of people who saw us struggle, in the midst of people who saw us when we didn't know who we were. We are free to make the right decisions in this hour. Lord, free us from the toiling of the past, set us free from the temptation to doubt you. 
We love you, Lord, and I pray that from this moment we just think higher thoughts. Just bring us up a little higher. I love you guys, and in the name of Jesus, what I believe is that he can do anything. And even if you don't believe yet, maybe you'll believe this, that you are worthy of a new beginning and that you are worthy of being happy and being able to make decisions from a mind that is not sabotaging, but that is simply free. Love y'all. See you next time.